Good morning. Welcome to Q&A. We're so excited that you're here with us this morning. Um, numbers up on the screen. So this is your opportunity to send in questions from the service this morning. So we're really excited you decided to join us and looking forward to hearing the questions that come in this morning. So really cool service. It was fun to have the uh, CIU looking. choir. Yes, it um, was. It was just such an amazing voice in the room mm -hmm. uh, for worship this morning. Yeah. It was really, it was a really cool morning. Good memories. I'm grateful for that. Good memory. <laughs> but you never sang on the choir. No, said, no, right? <laughs> no. That would have definitely uh, diminished the quality of the voice and the sound. So you're like me. You're the I sang along. I sang go. along. <laughs> they would never put me on mic, not intentionally. Um, so we'll go ahead and dig into a yep. question. If um, these questions spur thoughts or ideas for you, please feel free to send them in if it encourages more questions. Um, I was very hurt by some sisters mm. in Christ and ended up isolating myself and walking away from faith because of it. I'm very fearful of letting Christians in anymore, although I do desire it. How do I overcome my disappointment and resistance? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's really painful. Mm -hmm. uh, I think... The reality is all of us have um, experienced the yeah. process of, I share my heart, mm -hmm. I kind of open the door a bit, and either people ignore it. Uh, that's painful to go, mm -hmm. I shared a concern, and nobody, didn't seem like anybody cared. Mm -hmm. Or... Uh, I opened the door and it got kicked and I felt like, whoa, I thought I'd be received with grace and kindness and patience and it felt more rude. Mm -hmm. uh, my point in all of that was I identify with the question and actually I don't think that that's an isolated in incident. And that might seem like a weird answer to that question. But um, part of the pain that I hear in that is what has happened to me has not happened to anybody else, and how can I overcome it? When in fact, because, because, and this is not an excuse, just a reality, because you and I are not like God in every way. Mm, right. um, sometimes we're caught up in our own stuff, and people share something or they do a level of exposure and desire to connect and then we either forget them or we're not patient with them and in our own sinfulness we hurt them mm -hmm. that's not a unique situation but you know the old expression you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater." Um, my concern here is because i took a risk and I got hurt, how do I ever take a risk again? That's at core, I think, what I heard in that question. And so my answer would be this. Um, you're not alone in that. That might not necessarily make you feel better, but that's a reality. You're not alone in that. Second, uh, and I don't mean to be rude here, but you've probably done that to others. All of us have been hurt, and all of us have hurt. In other words, I know that I've taken a risk, and then I felt like, man, I, I thought people would love me more, more in the sense of they would engage with me more, they'd feel, you know, they'd follow up more, mm -hmm. and it was right. like crickets. 
and crickets can be painful. And so um, when I feel that, an important humil- response of humility is for me to go, uh, I've probably done that to others. And I don't do that to others intentionally, number one, or I, don't, I would never want my failure to be the reason that they would never risk again. So it's, the answer is you're not alone. Give grace because you've needed grace. And mm-hmm. don't give up on uh, taking risk, relational risk, because to love, to love somebody is to take a risk. If I love somebody, I'm giving them an opportunity to hurt me, and, which is why it's tempting. C.S. Lewis has a phenomenal quote of, if we love anything, we're exposing ourselves. And so in fear, we can lock ourselves into this isolation and this relational vacuum where you can't hurt me. But in that place, what happens? I die in that place in the sense of without the oxygen of relationship and community, even though it's not going to happen perfectly, Mm. I need an imperfect expression of it more than I need a perfect absence of it. Does that make sense? Yes. The perfect absence of uh, I won't let you hurt me, uh, that will for sure, I'll I'll suffocate and die spiritually in that place. But you can't, uh, there's nothing that I could say, it was just try again and it'll all work out. Uh, I can't promise that. I would encourage you, make sure you choose the people that you expose, you reveal yourself to appropriately. That's important. Uh, Don't go too fast too soon. There's a relationship builds trust and some people uh, kick down doors of vulnerability and mm-hmm. they open themselves up wide and that's like a little bit too much too soon. So sure. use some discernment, uh, reveal, make yourself known to, to increasing levels of depth as you see trustworthiness there. That's wisdom but you can never do it without risk. So I would plead with you, take the risk, understand it won't work perfectly, but the result will be better than the consequence of locking yourself in isolation. I think, Tracy, and I know it's a long answer, but uh, I think the reality is that question, in that question is that sense of, but I'm dying in my isolation. And Mm. that's exactly right. You're dying in your isolation because you were not made to be isolated. So take a risk, give grace, don't expect it to be perfect, but do believe it will be worth it. And it certainly won't be perfect, and it takes time. Yeah. It takes time to build relationships. Right. Of depth. Yes, absolutely. It takes challenging. It is very challenging. Um, let's see, next question here. Is there a balance of time that goes along with the funnel? I'm guessing how you allocate your time. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I appreciate that. And um, thanks for asking, because I, I guess I assumed that having laid the biblical foundation that 
Uh, we're made for a relationship. It requires knowing and being known, and that requires effort in minutes. Then at the funnel, the broader the crowd, uh, it's not that I'm going to ignore them, but I'm not going to spend my entire life with a crowd because if I do, I'll never get to the depth of relationship. So, yes, there is, uh, as the funnel, it's just uh, what would be described. It's uh, proportion is inverted. Mm-hmm. Less minutes with the broader the group, more minutes with the smaller, smaller. of the mm-hmm. group, but never to the exclusion of any of the groups. Mm-hmm. That was, I hope, a sec- an important second truth there. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it is funny to think of it opposite of that. But it is an important. Yes, the broader here, um, it's Jesus was with crowds, mm-hmm. but he spent so so much time with his disciples. Mm-hmm. Not to the exclusion, but again, not the exclusion, right? Uh, the minutes were more with his disciples. Um, next question is about relationship with the Lord. Is it okay to have the exact same relationship and community with God and Jesus? Oh. Um, okay, so my first, path, my first thought is, I feel like I'm going to miss this, misunderstand this question, but maybe I, maybe I won't. Um, Jesus is very clearly stated in the scriptures as God. So when I talk about relationship with God and relationship Jesus, I'm talking about one relationship. I don't have a relationship with the Father different than I have a relation with the Heavenly Father different than I have a relationship with Jesus. So because they are one, that is one relationship. So um, I'm sorry if I confuse by talking Sometimes using the expression relationship with the Father sometimes mm-hmm. and relationship with the Jesus with Jesus at other times and you thought I was talking about two different relationships. Those are one relationship that we have with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In that one relationship then flows all my other human relationships. Mm-hmm. Anything that you think I missed in that? No, I think that I think okay. that was the that was exactly the question. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, next question, how do you exit bad community? <laughs> oh, that's, I'm not laughing at the question. I think that's a, that's a very real, well, uh, this, I started, I assume you started because it was good. Right. <laughs> or you yeah. thought it was good. It was good, you right. You thought it was good. So or engaged it would and be started good. in that, So right. how do you get out of it? Well, I would say speed of departure is dependent upon a degree of bad. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> so the worse it is, the faster you leave. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, bad company corrupts good character. So who we spend significant amounts of time with actually can be Good, positive mm-hmm. peer pressure, or bad, negative peer pressure. Right. So if you have found yourself in a community where they are not moving you towards the Lord, then you may, you may think of this. Do I need to completely withdraw and like cut the relationship, or do I need to just diminish the number of minutes? Well, I think that's a good question to ask. 
And it might depend on the age of the questioner. If, mm -hmm. if this was a teenager, I would say, run and don't try to hang in there. Because uh, maybe you would remember your story differently, Tracy, but my story as a teenager was my spiritual life was dramatically impacted by my peer group that I chose to hang with. Oh, absolutely. Uh, true for you? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, mm -hmm. Especially in the, and so maybe it's not about teenager. Maybe you're 40 years old. Maybe it's this. The newer you, the newer you are in your faith, the more prone you are potentially to uh, have a crowd that brings you back into your old life and old potentially sinful and destructive habits. So if it's bad because it's leading you into sin, don't linger, run. Literally, don't linger, run. When Potiphar's wife came on to Joseph, he, was out of he there. dropped everything and ran. Yeah, he bolted. So if it's leading you to sin or tempting you to sin, then don't be too proud to mm -hmm. run. If you're saying it's bad community because uh, I'm not really gaining the depth and the trust, and then we're not knowing, you know, this could be a, you know, we always just stay up here. We don't go it's all here. Surface. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then ask yourself, uh, am I doing anything to help us take this community deeper? Hmm. So bad could be defined a little differently. And so that's why I said to the degree of bad ought to determine the degree which you depart. So don't linger around sin or those who are tempting you to sin. Get out of those crowds, those groups. If it's not a deep community and you long for deeper community, then invest yourself in trying to take a shallow community and say, is this an appropriate number we can go deeper mm -hmm. with? No, I think I missed anything there in terms of that question. No, I think that covers both because you could, it could be bad as in, not working or awkward right. or could be bad as in detrimental for you. Yeah. For example, you know, I talked a lot about being in a family group mm -hmm. for the chapel here. You know, go from the hundreds to the a dozen or so mm -hmm. in a family group. We in our family group, we always give people an opportunity. Hey, come try it out. If you like it, come back. If you don't, just let us know. Nah, I don't think we're going to come back. I don't like when people try it and then don't say anything, right. whether they're coming back or not coming back. There's it's a level okay of commitment in relation. Right. That's what I always say. If you think we're crazy, we probably are, and you can go find somebody else. <laughs> they no, probably are. Not every, <laughs> not every family group mm -hmm. works for every person. Right. And that's not wrong or ungodly. Mm -hmm. you, you genuinely... You genuinely need to give yourself the freedom to connect with people who you connect with. Uh, this idea that I have to have equal relationships with everybody, it wasn't true in the life of Jesus, it's not going to be true. And don't beat yourself up for connecting with people who you go, oh man, there seems to be like uh, we understand one another. We have a freedom to talk with one another. You go to a family group and you're like, wow, I... I really connect with how they engage in relationship. You go, and there's like, mm, this is awkward. We feel out of place. Okay. Find another yeah. one. So, I mean, we have like yeah. 50 family groups at the chapel, probably more than that. So, I uh, know, I think it's right around 50. So, 
There's lots of different opportunities. Don't give up because the first one you tried didn't work. Find another one. And if one loses, we don't go to family group because the Bible says go to family group. <laughs> because the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that we ought to have community. We ought to practice the one another, love one another, pray for one another, serve one another, um, bear one another's burdens. So we, do, we go to family group to uh, fulfill the New Testament one another's. And if that's not happening in your family group, then one of two things ought to happen. You ought to go, hey, family group, let's do this better. Mm. Or you ought to go, I'm going to go find a family group that is doing this well. Or start one. You can start one. Totally start one. <laughs> Contact John H. at cfcjacks.com. Yeah. John Harmelin, yeah. John H. at cfcjacks.com. Yeah. So... Don't allow a, uh, that didn't so, that wasn't such a great experience to stop you from taking that step. We need that level of relationship. Mm-hmm. One thing we've seen um, as staff, and we've talked about before, is building those relationships and being intentional because when trials come or hard comes, yeah. you have those relationships and you have that family around right. you mm-hmm. um, where when they do hit and you don't. It's very difficult because we're going to have hard times. Well, you might. I, I don't know. <laughs> What's your recipe? <laughs> yes. So exactly. And we, we prepare for those moments before they get there by cultivating the relationship. Absolutely. Where there's like demand, hey, I need somebody to care for me. We need some help. But you haven't cultivated any relationships for that to happen. That makes it very, very difficult. And it's incredible to watch when that community's there and you see mm-hmm. that need and it's met. I mean, it's yeah. just met. People, People are dropping, around, they're, they're helping, they're mm-hmm. serving and loving. And just an incredible way to experience the love of Christ, mm-hmm. to be able to serve and to receive yeah. in those situations. And, you know, I've used family groups a lot. Family groups are the primary means by which mm-hmm. we practice the New Testament one another's here at the chapel. But it doesn't, again, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt be in a family group. So you could find that in a different context. Mm -hmm. It may be a study that you do. It may be six guys who say, hey, let's go through a discipleship path together. Um, Right. There's different ways to do it. We created, uh, Jesus talks about there's wine and there's wineskins. The wine is the relationship. Family group is simply the wine skin. If you don't like that wine skin, do a different one. Just don't skip the wine. Right. Of fellowship. That was not an endorsement. The stuff that comes out and can be misquoted. Things that we just can't edit. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Well, anything else you would add as we're wrapping up this morning? Mm. Um. People get hurt in the church a lot Mm. because of an expectation of what should be true in the church. And I don't want us to minimize or lower the bar of biblical expectation for how we would treat one another. I would only, again, say two things. Make sure it's biblical expectation. You're not going to be best friends with everybody. Everybody doesn't know everybody equally. Second, we're not, we're engaging with imperfect people as imperfect people. So uh, 1 Peter 4, 8 or 9 says, 
love covers a multitude of sin. So we're hospitable, that's in the same passage. We love one another, but we also give grace to one another when we recognize we don't love perfectly. So I would say hold on to those things or you're going to be frustrated with the church. Mm, That's a good reminder. We appreciate you joining us this morning. We appreciate your questions and we hope you have a great week.